Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Jeremy Waxman. Jeremy's the chief marketing officer of Zillow Group. He oversees marketing as well as product management and strategy for Zillow Group and its portfolio of brands. Prior to joining Zillow, Jeremy drove marketing and product management for Microsoft's Xbox Live and consumer mobile efforts. He grew digital distribution for Xbox and led the product strategy for Mobile Incubation Group. Prior to Microsoft, he worked in product management and sales for Trilogy Software, a pioneer in e-commerce software back in the early days. Jeremy's on the board of directors of Rover.com and Room 77. He's got an MBA from Kellogg and an engineering degree from Purdue. Today on the show, Jeremy and I talk about Zillow and the scope of what Zillow is today in Zillow Group, all the different properties, all the different types of stakeholders that they serve, how they go to market how they develop new products and services, as well as you know, advice for how other companies can quote unquote act small and be more disruptive in their own industries. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jeremy Waxman. Well, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. So you're the CMO at Zillow Group. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to Zillow and the journey so far with the company? Sure. Yeah. I always like to talk about my career as kind of 
one long walk off the engineering reservation. <laughs> actually started my career in computer engineering and kind of in computer science as a developer and quickly moved into product and really have spent the last 10 plus years in consumer marketing. And the commonality across the companies and the experiences really has been the consumer. I've always had the good fortune to work on products or in industries where there's a big consumer benefit or we're trying to change and make things better for all of us as end users. And the last decade at Zillow Group has definitely been that. And we can definitely get into what we're doing here. Yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about Zillow because I didn't realize until I was doing research that you have a lot of different brands now, a lot of different banners, and you're serving a lot of different types of people from consumers, real estate agents, landlords, and even enterprises. So can you give us a little scope of what Zillow includes these days? Yeah. So Zillow, the brand I think most people know, most people don't realize is actually owned and operated by Zillow Group, the company. And Zillow Group owns a family of brands. So Zillow, Trulia, um, Hot Pads, Street Easy, Naked Apartments, and Out East in New York, and realestate.com. And all of those brands really help consumers with different parts of their buying, renting, or selling journey. And those brands share a lot of common backend and a, and a common business model behind the scenes. But the idea is that we want to try and have different ways for people to help make what is the biggest decision they'll ever make, which is you know a buying, a selling, or a renting decision about where they live. Okay. Okay. And so how are you thinking about supporting and marketing multiple brands now and balancing all of that? Yeah. I mean, two things on how we think about multiple brands. You know, One is the overall mission of the company spans those brands, which is to build the largest and most trusted real estate marketplace in the world. And to do that, you have to provide services and capabilities that attract as many people as possible, as many consumers as possible to help them make decisions. That's what our brands are for. And then you have to have a vibrant marketplace of professionals and suppliers, right? Real estate agents, property managers, landlords, brokers to help people make those decisions. And so when we think about our brands on the consumer side, it's about providing different capabilities, right? So in the case of a street easy or naked apartments or an out east, it's hyper-local focused, right? New York is its own economy. It's its own you know country per se and providing different capabilities to help solve real estate challenges there. Um, hot pads as an urban focused rentals experience, you know, really zeroing in on helping people if they want to live in an urban core or a city center, solving the real urgency and problems you have with trying to find a building and a unit within that building in these really hot rental markets, right? So different flavors of helping people with the home buying and home renting decision is the common ground. And then if you level way up, it's really about trying to give as many people choices and answers as possible. And on the other side of the marketplace, connect them with great professionals and great content and tools to make those decisions. Gotcha. And then from an organizational standpoint, do you have separate teams focused on the, the individual properties? We do. Things? Yes. So all of our brand teams are you know, not quite wholly independent, but they're mostly independent. And then there's a healthy amount of shared services at the corporate parent they can tap into. So we try and, where it makes sense, let teams have their own scope and ability to innovate and iterate and ideate. But then how do you borrow from the corporate parent where it makes sense? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. One clarifying question or kind of probe is shared service is something a lot of people do. They set up kind of brand teams and then there's some things that are shared. How do you figure out what's shared versus what's inside the brand team, if you don't mind? Yeah, it's a great question. And I don't think there's a standard answer. I think every capability right. can be unique. We think about it two ways. One, a lot of times one brand will pioneer something and that might actually become where the center of excellence is. And then it grows to support all the brands. And then the other thing is, what does the business need? Some of our brands, both on the 
consumer side or the supplier side need more of something than than someone else does. And if you find that there's a, a need that a lot of brands are having or a lot of teams are having, that's a good place, you know, hey, let's stop reinventing the wheel. Conversely, if you find something that's really unique, you know, you want to push that into the team and let them run it. Okay. So kind of going a little bit further downstream, if you will, how do you go to market with marketing campaigns and being an engineer in your background? What are you measuring? Yeah. I mean, it's always a good topic. I actually think of, you know, marketing and engineering aren't that dissimilar. I always talk to people about engineering as really just a great pattern matching and problem solving framework that could apply to a lot of disciplines, be it marketing, be it law, legal. It's just a great framework. But if you think about applying that to marketing, I mean, marketing is really trying to get inside the hearts and minds of your customer and understand who they are, and then trying to help them solve their problems at its core. And so that's how we evaluate. That's how we think about going to market with our campaigns, because we're such a consumer-focused company, is what's the problem our customer's having? How can we help them remove that roadblock or reduce you know, friction in their home buying and home renting journey? And when we're helping attract or introduce them or getting them to try our services, are we helping do that? That can be your ultimate KPI. Is, and that goes all the way from awareness and intent to, to actual conversions to satisfaction, right? You can measure all that in terms of how are you helping the consumer on her journey. Got it. So experience is a big topic these days. And when you're building products for consumers, it's got to be a constant. And your work at Zillow, I mean, it's very symbiotic. The product you're building is the experience and vice versa. How are you involved and what's been working for Zillow in that regard? It's a great question. We definitely think about the experience as part and parcel with the product and with the company, right? And we have a saying here that kind of guides all the work we do, which is that our the consumer is our North Star. You know, so everything we do funnels back to that ethos, and that comes to life in a bunch of different ways, right? That comes to life in, we use personas, design personas, but not just for the product. We use them for marketing. We really use them across the whole company. You know, almost every wall and every floor in our office has our personas blown up as posters, and everyone talks about our buyer persona, our renter persona, our seller persona. And so that just grounds everyone in a focus on the customer and helping understand the needs, wants, and desires of that customer so that we can make sure the experience, be that the product, be that the technology, the sales team, or marketing is reflecting on that. And then the other thing we do is we listen as often as we can. We are a very data-driven company, and so we love quantitative research. We love metrics on how people are doing on our site, metrics on how our campaigns perform, but we love qualitative feedback as well. Focus groups and ethnographic studies and our customer service channel and our telesales channel, you know, all these things are touch points every day with our customers. And getting the feedback loop from those back into the campaigns we build in marketing and the products that we build in the product teams is really, really crucial to what we do here. Okay. And I mean, you've got so many different personas, I would imagine, if you just think about the different types of people that are interacting with your site from the consumer to landlords and others. Is there any special magic in how you approach those? I mean, they're very different need sets. I don't know if you separate teams. That's right. Teams based on them. Just curious. We do a bit, I mean, but one tenant we have here that I think is a little counterintuitive is we oversimplify, right? I mean, a persona is just that. It's an overgeneralization. And oftentimes you could have a marketing segmentation sit off of that, or you could have other breakdowns and segments. But there's something really powerful about unifying, you know, single point. And so, you know, there are many buyers, right? But we really have one buyer persona for the whole company because it creates this powerful rallying cry. And if you can describe the needs and wants of the first-time buyer as your average buyer, and you design for that, then you can start to think about how does that work and not work for the other personas or segments that might be within that. But keeping it simple allows more teams and more parts of the organization to rally around it versus it becoming too complex or there's too much science in it, and then it doesn't apply to everybody. 
Okay, great. Well, one of the new products that you just launched, I believe I've got this right, is 3D home product where you can do visualization in three dimensions of your house if you're trying to sell it or list it or all those good things. I'd love to use that as an example and start with like, where did that idea come from? And then how did it get built out? And where are you kind of now in the in the launch of this? Yeah. So 3D Home is something that we launched kind of in beta this spring, and we're only in a handful of markets and we're rolling it out. And so it's a great example to talk through because it started with our customers. And in that case, it started with our consumer, right? The home buyer and home seller trying to visualize what it's like to find their home in a pretty stressful search experience and our customers on the supply side our agents and our photographers and the tools they have to then market those products. And it, it really is intended to solve a pain for both of them. 3D tours or virtual tours, this is not a new concept. You know, There's a lot of high-end specialized hardware out there, but it's mostly been limited to the high end. And the reasons are it's expensive, right? You need you know specialized hardware, big camera rigs, and it's super time consuming. You have to set up a full day in a house to really capture and create the experience on the supply side. And then on the consumer side, it can be hard to grok. It can be hard to experience. Does it work on every platform? Does it work on the browser on your iPhone? How useful is it? And so our goal was to create a technology that could be taken on every home. We saw the iPhone as kind of the common denominator. We need to be able to build technology that you could create this 3D home from your iPhone for free. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, no specialized hardware, no time-consuming process. So now in 15 to 30 minutes for an average home, you can stand in a room, spin an iPhone around the same way you would with the Panorama camera app of your iPhone, and we will do the magic behind the scenes to stitch that all together and to create these gorgeous 3D homes. And then we can make those easily consumable by buyers and renters, you know, the hundreds of millions of those that we have on our web and mobile apps. So if you go back to where the insight came from, it came from the customer at large and came from what was the friction and what was the barrier keeping them from using this. And then it came from the consumer wanting this more immersive home shopping experience. I mean, real estate is kind of the ultimate eye candy. People are always looking for ways to dream and to visualize themselves being there and kind of try on their new life from their laptop or their iPhone. And so this is just the logical next step for that. I love it. I love it. And I'm assuming that this is like a it's new technologies, new ways to help consumers. You've probably got a pipeline of things that you're working on, probably a lot that you can't tell me. <laughs> is that right? That's right. We have no shortage of ideas. You know, our shortage is limited to bandwidth and time, but absolutely. Okay. Okay, good. Well, one of the things that, res- that surprised me was all the industry research that you can find on Zillow or Zillow Group's websites, you know, like home prices, average rents, analysis of the various markets. How does that fit into your overall strategy? Because it seemed to me to be almost like banking 
quality analysis of the housing market and the renting markets? Yeah, data and data PR is kind of has been central to our marketing communication strategy since we launched. I mean, we our very first product back in 2006 was the Zestimate, right? Was this provocative, very broadly appealing piece of data about everyone's home that everyone wanted to go check out. And from there, we built all these great data products with now a team of economists and PhDs to think about the industry at large. But it all goes back to bringing transparency to the housing market through access to data and using that as a tool to drive both awareness for our brands and trust with our brands by consumers. And it just turns out that we're working in an industry that has some of the most fascinating and deep data sets that people care a ton about from government to economists to the housing industry to consumers. And so when we sit on top of this data, we're constantly thinking, what are the great ways we can provide insights and access to this data so that you know, journalists can humanize it and tell stories so that economists can use it, you know, to understand the market better so that consumers can use it to make better decisions about housing. But it, again, if you go back to our mission and our strategy from the very beginning, it's about empowering consumers to make those decisions. And when you think about that, then data is a natural place to start. Got it. Well, one thing, maybe if we can just go a step further here, could you tell, I don't even know the story of how Zillow began. And, you know, the mission, you talked about the mission. Can you give us a little, just a little snippet of that? Yeah, absolutely. So Zillow Group was Zillow back then, and it started our two founders, Rich Barton and Lloyd Frank, had previously started a company called Expedia, which is now, I think, the largest seller of travel. And similar concept there, which is how do we turn on the lights? How do we empower consumers to make better decisions? And when they were looking at their next venture, they were shocked, I think, in 2005, 2006 to figure out that you couldn't really do that with real estate, right? The single biggest decision financially that we're all going to make in our lives, you know, the data set and the ability to make that decision was pretty opaque, right? There was hundreds of companies, you know, that had this data locked behind the door and getting access to that data was really hard, right? And what you would do is you would go to a real estate agent and they would help show you what's for sale and they had limited access to data, right? And you could kind of only see that one house that was for sale at that time or that one house that had just sold at a given time. And what we really wanted to do is sort of turn the lights on and show as much data as we could about every home, right? So it really started with that fundamental insight of how do we get data about every home in America, a price on every rooftop and more data to make people empowered to help make those decisions about buying, selling, and renting. And so, you know, 12 plus years ago, that was our founding mission. And 12 plus years later, our mission really hasn't changed. It's to help empower consumers with data to make those decisions about homes, to build this vibrant marketplace for them to make these decisions. And we've obviously grown in scale in the number of brands and the number of services we offer, but that founding mission-driven principles are still the same. Great, great. So one area I've been hearing from CMOs in particular, but also some CEOs is this desire to achieve small in quotes. So what I mean by that, though, is the ability to act and or, or what they mean by that, I think, is the ability to act and operate like a disruptor, like Zillow. And so I was curious what advice you would give leaders and companies wanting to act small, so to speak, especially those that are at more established companies? So for Zillow, that really goes back to our core values and kind of how we show up at work every day. I'll pick a couple of them because I think it's kept us nimble and focused even as we've grown. You know, one of them is move fast, think big. We want to take big swings, but we want to do it, you know, as expedient as we can. And that leads you to testing things quickly. That leads you to trying things with consumers as quickly as possible. If you have a big idea and it would take a ton of effort to sort of birth the whole thing, you know, what can you learn quickly? The other one is we talk about Zillow Group being a team sport. We have a pretty 
decentralized structure here. We have, we try and run very small teams that can act independently and sort of own their own part of the company. And when you have that, and when you have a really kind of transparent company where you have a lot of empowered distributed teams, things can happen really quickly, right? A small team that owns their part of the real estate marketplace can put something out and get learning or work with a partner to try something or beta test something quickly. And if it works, we can pour more gas on it, right? And we can learn quickly, oh, we this is a big deal. We should push more. And conversely, more importantly, if it doesn't work, you haven't wasted a ton of time learning that it didn't work and you can course correct and find the next thing. And that applies to the products we build. That also applies to our marketing campaigns. That applies to how we think about our sales team. I mean, we really use those principles across all functions of the company. I love that. So I've been reading this book called The Culture Code. I don't know if you've come across it yet. And they in there, they talk a lot about the actual behaviors of teams and as it relates to building a culture or living a culture. And it sounds like you've got a great one at Zillow. You've got these really small, nimble teams. Can you talk to me a little bit about the team construction and maybe how, like, are there Zillow behaviors that these teams exhibit? I'm just curious. There are, and I think they go back to those core values. So I I ticked off a couple, right? We want our teams to be moving fast and thinking big. We want our teams to have a strong sense of ownership, both of the piece of the charter they own, but also of the company, right? Everyone acts like an owner of the company. But we want to pair that with being a team sport. So own it is one of our core values and team sport is one of our core values. And those can sound in conflict, right? Well, how can you be an owner, but then you also need to share, but it's precisely that balance that actually makes it work, right? You need to understand the part of the strategy that you're driving and the part of the scope you own and then do a good job of sharing and collaborating and coordinating across those teams because many of the bigger bets that you ask a company to make as it grows, they require more teams and more horsepower and more people. Got it, got it. Uh, that's, that's helpful. That's very helpful, thank you. I'd love to get to know the person a little bit behind the role in the company and in that effort. I love this question, which is, you know, is there is an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? I don't know if there's any one experience. I think for me, the commonality is I find that I get really passionate about unlocking those consumer insights and removing those roadblocks. And that's been true at Zillow through a bunch of iterations. And that was true at Xbox. And that was true at, you know, at Trilogy, working through a bunch of e-commerce back in the the 1.0 days, you know, when you find ways to remove roadblocks or unlock something new and unexpected, the reward's really fun. And that applies to the products we build. That also applies to the marketing campaigns. When we find a great insight that unlocks a great creative campaign and you see the results and you see the response, you know, that's what drives me is seeing those results that come from, wow, we figured out how to solve that person's problem. Okay. And stepping back, are there brands, companies, or causes that you look to or follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? I mean, present company excluded. We obviously love what, we love what we're doing here at the group. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'll take that course. same theme and I'll you know I'll push it into products that we use every day. I mean, you know, I love what Netflix does because they're thinking about how do we actually. They're not just thinking about how do we build great content now. They started from the consumer and said, "Wow, what's the pain of how do I get to great content?" And let me build this fabulous service that we all love. And the service works so well that when they went into their new strategy of of first-party content. It was something you desired because you loved the brand. You already had built up this great relationship with them. And some of the smaller brands I've been really fortunate to work with, you know, Dollar Shave Club, I think pioneered that too. It was, you know, solving a real big pain point for grooming and for bathroom products. And you didn't think that could be really exciting until you looked at what they unlocked. People hated going to buy razors. They hated it so much, they avoided doing it. And therefore, people could pay a ton for it. And that simple unlock of a consumer insight led to 
not just the brand and the product, but the whole company. So, and I'm working with a company now, I'm fortunate to work with a team at Rover that's doing the same thing. It's actually really hard to find great quality care for your dog. And the options, especially in cities, are really limited. And, you know, they've worked backwards from that consumer pain point and built this great brand and this great service. So, you know, for me, I always look at companies that you're interacting with personally as a consumer or you're seeing in industries that you're working with that are really solving and making people's lives better. Got it. And if you get your crystal ball out, what do you think the future of marketing is going to look like? Well, I think if I could answer that question, I'd have a different job. But the, <laughs> you know, for me, one big trend that we're on here at Zillow Group that I think a lot of companies are on is just, you know, the future of marketing is just data and more data and really the future of business is data, right? Data science is going to become a function in every department in the company. And we're obviously lucky here in that our very first product was a big data product. So we have a decade building a team to think about that and think about, you know, AI and machine learning and how can we apply that to everything we do. I think that's going to come to every part of marketing, you know, sooner rather than later. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Marketing Today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K.com. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me, with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners, and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.